Hello, welcome to this Dungeon is Occupied podcast. I'm here with Thorne and Robbie, and today we're going to be talking about downtime. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello. I decided to try something different with my intro. We'll see how it goes. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good evening. <laughs> good evening. Good evening. Hello, you're changing. You just did it. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was like, hello, hello, and welcome. We're here. Hi. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Just getting uh, into it, kind of, because we're still uh, not into it. But uh, so downtime for those of you who do not know, um, it is the times in between missions, in between game sessions, uh, any time that a story weaver or players in general want to fast forward a timeline. Um, if they have something, say, a spell that has to be cast every day for a year, and we want to just fast forward and the party does something else. That's all these downtime things. Um, and there's a lot of mechanics that are optionally involved uh, through different tabletop games uh, that I know of off the top of my head, but especially Dungeons & Dragons. Um, there's a lot of different tables and things that you can uh, choose from when doing downtime. And that's what we'll be talking about. So Thorne, exactly. what is your number one about uh, downtime as a story weaver? Uh, just, I think one of the hardest things you can do when you have to play downtime, whether you're skipping forward or you're, you're just trying to move things along quicker, uh, is getting everybody involved. Because I know, like, as far as when I'm on the receiving end, of, you know, as a player, that I tend to have a lot that I'm working, and it can get a little overwhelming, and it can kind of drown other players out, so I kind of give you rain back in sometimes. But I think if you give each player what they want to do and give it, you know, proper time, everybody's going to stay, stay involved in it. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you can lose people. Yeah. What about you, Robbie? Oh, um, when it comes to downtime for my, for my players or my, um, in my games, um, I, I don't think you'll have a actually experienced downtime in my games quite yet because they're usually, um, uh, usually have to like pause them for long periods of time. So we very rarely get to the downtime part of it. But um, when I have used downtime, I've used it as kind of a uh, um, role-playing and uh, kind of creative outlet for the players, um, giving them a chance to kind of explore uh, things in their backstory that we haven't been able to address or um, explore other talents that they want to kind of branch out into. Um, explanations for newfound abilities, uh, like just small adventures that don't require a whole table presence to do. Mm -hmm. And it also allows me to fill up the gap between, for longer campaigns and longer stories, um, just the amount of um, the time gaps. So like if we're playing a, a story that's supposed to span a year, we're not going to well, we might play for longer than a year, but I mean, it's just short in that amount of time um, when they're in like a village or like a large city, or even if they're um, taking like a month long trip 
from one part to the other. Instead of rolling a bunch of encounter dice, which which they can do, we can downtime is a way for me to kind of pinpoint the needs of uh, the players. Like, oh, what do what do this character need to accomplish, or what does this player want this character to accomplish before we reach the next goal or the next point? So, fair enough. Uh, for hey, me, hey, sorry, but let me just Robbie said, it, as far as the encounter dice thing, it also gives your players a chance to level up, you know, a lot of video game style. Mm-hmm. Or just if they have to make that month long travel and you're going to do the travel, do the encounter, let them get some experience points. It ain't got to be a lot. If, if you're doing an experience point based campaign as, as opposed to a, a milestone, it could let them advance. So I mean that's that's another way to look at it too. Yeah, and honestly, uh, we can uh, we could we'll probably touch on it on multiple episodes, but we probably could talk a whole about a whole episode on milestone versus experience points. But even though I've done experience points in the past, I definitely advocate for milestone. It's it's a lot easier and it makes a lot more sense uh, for uh, story purposes. Um, but for me, for downtime, uh, I like to use it for both of the points that you have said, you guys have said. Uh, but I like to give my players a little bit of uh, free reign during downtime, you know, especially if we're, you know, like we've said, like traveling for a month or um, fast forwarding uh, a little bit of a timetable. If we're, say, building a, a barkeep or something like that um, or a. Uh, a fortress if your players get to that level um which could be a lot of fun but i like to let them be creative and just tell me like hey i'd like to create a new spell or i'd like to um i you know learn new tool proficiencies and things like that and, and for some of them like tool proficiencies and languages there is a chart at least in dungeons and dragons that says like oh learning a new language takes this many days something like that uh, but for creating a new spell, uh, depending upon how strong the spell is and how uh, how many wh- what level they want the spell to be, you can work with your your player out of game on balancing issues and things like that, and saying, okay, like this is going to be, you know, if it's a super powered spell, it's going to be a level eight or a level nine spell, and then you can create a timeline of hey this is going to take this long for you to for your character to make the necessary experiments and take on and they can choose whether to kind of just throw it in every now and then i've seen it or well heard it done uh from dungeons and randomness um there was a ice wizard um character that wanted to essentially use like a chill touch uh, spell but sub-zero style and like freeze the, the the body and so they came up with a way uh to do it and a constitution saving throw for him uh and uh he had to start small and he would catch you know little rats and practice the spell and then he got bigger and bigger until he could do it on a humanoid uh enemy that he was essentially uh training for but he spread the timetable out throughout their whole story arc. And I thought that was really cool. 
and also, I mean, there's another definition of downtime is a downtime between your games, between yep. your sessions. And uh, I've seen it used, I've seen that time also used for, you know, small one-on-ones. Uh, we've used it for uh, weapon building, uh, you know, different things that we could use in, in the game. And I think that's another way you could say downtime is just using it like that with your players or with your story weaver uh, coming up with uh, new and, and interesting ideas because you don't want to, you never want to cut the creation out of your players. You want them to, to keep their imaginations running. Right. So if they come up with an idea, as long as it's not like destroy the world type shit, <laughs> you know, encourage it. Let them, you know, make their own weapon. Let them come up with their own spell, their own items, their own, you know, just about anything. Yeah. It's your world. And if they are doing destroy the world type shit, it's not going to be during the downtime. It is absolutely going to become part of the story arc. And your party has to decide whether or not they're actually going to allow it. And then you get into the descent of, is this an evil party? Are we the bad guys? <laughs> are, we the, are we the drama? <laughs> Am I the drama? Um, downtime has also been... Uh, been something that I've utilized to do um like to add an extra layer to my campaign like you've done it also um Elodian, when in your campaign when you had when you gave everybody like villages and cities to run mm-hmm. um downtime is excellent time to allow for like necessary bookkeeping um kind of like making sure that like that you're hi- that they're hiring people um, like accumulating gold, doing business and stuff. Yeah. And like just things that you can have them roll really quickly for or, or do or role play, um, role play specific scenes out. You don't have mm-hmm. to play it all out. That way you can get right back to the adventure, but still have them maintaining this, this like uh, castle or village. I like to do castles and I also like to do um, like little cities and stuff. I've never done like a full full blown um, like kingdom like you did, but <laughs> I will not advise for it at all. Um, <laughs> it, well, I mean, it 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 is fun, and you know, I've set things into motion that they kind of like run on their own, and I can just I now that I have an actual timeline for my campaign, things like income i can just multiply by the amount of weeks that have passed um since the last time we looked at the bank um but it is it is one of those really crunchy things um and we'd probably end up needing a whole episode on dealing with that (laughs) but you can actually run a whole game just of your party running a town uh and the various things that come up with that and then there's another way uh which we did that they just kind of we almost like a split the party type thing uh like robbie said as we did a few role play sessions of you know hey what are you doing with the the town uh every once in a while the characters would send a letter uh back to town to let them know the the new instructions and things like that um and then we would go back to the adventure um it's just a lot of logistics and if that's not what you're into don't do it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a lot of match calls that I didn't have to do, so it was great. Yeah, but there was, there was but I mean, it, involved. 
it, it, to be honest, it, it's kind of, it was kind of fun. It was. And it gave, it, to me, it gave a lot of background people there because a lot of the players didn't have anybody else. Well, my characters didn't have anybody else. Right. So it gave them something that they were going for, that they were working towards. And everybody got involved with somebody in the village or the town, and everybody had their own interests in these, in these different people, and it just got everybody really entwined. So if something happened there, it was like all hands on deck. Everybody was just like going batshit crazy trying to get back there. Right. And it was it it was something you know, and that will something that we'll talk about in the the, the next uh, story weaver redo episode. But it is something that definitely helped the party, uh, i.e., you guys, uh, immerse into the world a little bit more because it was there was always something going on in the background. If you guys went somewhere, things weren't just you know, oh, pause. They're not here right now. Nothing's happening. There, the world was still turning. The you know, uh, in in our instance, in the story arc, the orcs were still raiding um, and destroying villages, um, and uh, it, it just helped uh, immerse. Especially uh, Thorn playing two characters, it, it helped him immerse a little bit more because he was constantly having to remember. Okay, I need to send a letter to uh, to Alyssa over in this town I've, I've got uh the the guard that was supposed to be there two weeks ago they're not there do i need to go see what's happening and just it made it to where it wasn't just a mission of the week kind of thing i think that that's my more my my style is is trying to stray away from like okay this session we're doing this one shot and then this session we're doing the next one shot which is not there's nothing wrong with it it's just not my style of dming yeah, I, I I give you props on it. That was that was a lot of stuff to be straight. You did a damn good job on it. Thank you. You that, did. That was a lot. But I mean, come on, how many games have you been in that there, we had weddings with people that weren't in the party? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we threw Listen, weddings. It was a solid yeah. wedding, okay? It was. fresh. I mean, if you're and also if you're looking for something to like a great example of how to utilize downtime and you're like looking for inspiration um, for it. There's also uh, one of the, um, one of the campaign books that got released. I know it's not a lot of people like to use it because it's a little more on the, on the um, jokier side of things, but Acquisitions Incorporated actually came up with uh, <laughs> the Acquisitions Incorporated book actually has a whole section about downtime and utilizing it to run a business. So yeah. if you're looking for like inspiration, it's got like a whole chapter about it. And it also yeah. gives you downtime, it, not downtime classes, but it gives you um, traits that characters can, can take on that allows them to utilize abilities during their downtime, specifically pertaining to the business that you have running. So, I mean, it's, it's a nice little, if you're looking for something something to read and something to kind of get your creative juices flowing on what you could do at downtime. I feel like that's a great book to pick up. So. Oh, for sure. And honestly, like I, I think Thorne and I, and, and you as well, we always advocate, you know, the more um, resources, the merrier, even if it is something like acquisitions incorporated where, you know, there's apparently a lot of hate for it, 
but you could still use it for inspiration. You don't have to do all of the gaggy jokes that are in there, but like you said, using the downtime charts and, and uh, little, I guess we could call them feats for the, for the business running attributes that they get. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're like, um, they're special, like uh, I want to say special class, like they're like subclasses to your, to your class. Cause mm-hmm. they, they add, like you level them up as, as you get, as you level up, they level the abilities level up as well. So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how they would be classified, but they're cool. They're very interesting things. And I don't, I feel like the hate that acquisitions incorporated gets is, uh, is more, it's just, it's, it's geared more towards comedy, but let's be honest, your most campaigns evolve into comedy at some point anyway. At some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's always a stinker McStinkerton somewhere in the party or NPCs. It just it happens. <laughs> right. But yeah, we kind of missed like the number one downtime thing people want to do. Hit me. They want to go shopping. Oh right. I avoid they shopping with like shopping. the plague though. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand there's a place for it. Uh, yeah, that's what. I built that coffee shop in my uh game yeah. that was like for downtime purposes <laughs> where you could buy like different flavored coffees and stuff with your downtime and, and drink them. So yeah, I understand the shopping part of that. <laughs> and I mean, you know, uh, we can actually talk about shopping in another episode as well, but just in the, the spirit of downtime, um, if you're going to do a shopping quote unquote episode or a, a session of shopping, cause it can take that long. Um, my suggestion is always to have your players write down specific things that they want and you can either approve or deny them or give them something that is similar, you know, cause if, it, if the entire party wants a ring of protection plus one uh, to their AC, um, if you're not prepared to just have that as a mechanic involved, um, it could be game breaking, I guess. Um, so, you know, make sure that they have everything. And that way, when you get there, it's super quick. You guys, you know, okay, I'm looking for this, this, and this. Okay. Well, we have a shop here that sells like some of those things and you can go through it. The other thing is that you can always make really fun NPCs, uh, which is something like Robbie pointed out about his coffee shop. Um, I don't think Thorne's really done shopping completely. We've just been like, we've been to a tattoo shop that gave us like a magic fetish uh, in the world of darkness campaign. Um, And that was an interesting role play event. Um, And then in my campaign, I've, I try to make, I have to make shopping interesting to me. (laughs) So I make really wacky NPCs and, shop names and things like that so you know the jewelry shop is the eye of the beholder haha ha, but oops um and so yeah there's I, you just have to make it a I little more to, interesting <laughs> i want to say i've seen for the last me i can't remember i've seen a table that depending on the size of the town you have is this size of a shop yes and if you're looking at the kind of like nice guys kind of, there's probabilities you can roll for it yeah now go that direction if you google it i'm sure you'll find it if you go that direction it takes a long time yeah one thing i like to 
usually what I could do if I'm learning a D and D, if I know there's going to be a shot, a chance to win the shot, I say you have 20 minutes. Write down what you want. Let me see. I'll tell you what you find and how much you cost. Yeah, and actually, uh, I was just listening to a uh, episode of Brendan Lee Mulligan's podcast, um, Adventuring Academy. And he says that, you know, sometimes if it's just like the, you know, the players really want to do shopping, he just takes a 15 minute break, says, okay, you guys come up with what you want. I'll come back and say yes or no to everything. Um, And that allows him to get, you know, snacks and go to the bathroom and whatever. And everyone just takes their own individual 15 minutes or 20 minutes um, to find the things that they want, you know, instead of having to go, well, um, does your magic shop sell plus two swords? And the DM has to decide on the spot, like, mm, do I, do I want to sell that item? Um, and so it, it, yeah, like Thorne said, it could take ages <laughs> to do it that way uh, and to roll on charts and things like that. Uh, but the other thing that I'm starting to advocate and lean towards, uh, it's actually something also from Brennan um, that, magic items uh, or magic weapons specifically aren't sold in uh, in magic shops because it seems to him it seems lackluster to just be able to like buy something like Excalibur in a in a magic shop <laughs> which made a lot of sense to me Excalibur in a weapon shop <laughs> instead of you know making a summoning circle to get it I... well yeah we did do that <laughs> One thing Brian did with his is he made his magic shop where you could get weapons so hard to get. They didn't show up when you wanted them to, but only when they wanted to. Yeah. And the product constantly changed. Right. So you never knew what was going to be there. And nine times out of ten, it was anything to use. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if there's ways to go about it, I like both ways. They both have merit. Uh, I just found both ways fun. So. Yeah, and I mean, re- realistically, um, as long as everyone's having fun, there's no wrong way of doing it. So even though we're coming up with different ways of doing shopping and things like that in downtime, if the entire party and the, the, the DM is having fun, then more power to you. That's true. That is the ticket. That's the way it is, man. And, and downtime can be anything from interacting with the people in the village could be, you know, studying or building a business. A what? Or building a business. Building a business. Yeah. Or a town, or refurbishing a town that was attacked by werewolves. Um, or build an empire. Or build an empire. <laughs> Steal an empire from underneath the thieves' guild's nose. Um, <laughs> lots of little things. Do what? But I didn't steal nothing. I built onto it. Yeah. <laughs> They're still around. Uh, but the other thing, you know, we, we talked a couple of times about travel. Downtime is one of the ways to make travel a little bit less tedious. Um, because Definitely. it is one of those things like, okay, you know, we don't have teleportation yet. We don't have teleportation circle spells. Um, so we're going to take a wagon pulled by two horses across continent, and it's going to take six months to get from tip 
of of the so southern piece of the continent to the northern piece of the continent and we have to to just go through it i mean one of the ways that you could do it is just fast travel and just say okay six months later this is what happens you know um if you feel like you want to do encounters i wouldn't suggest doing an encounter for every quote-unquote day in game because that's i mean that's 180 encounters like that that would get old very very quickly um but you could do like okay let's look at uh roll you know you could roll a flat d20 for how the first month goes and then based on that number say okay you know let's say it's a a 17 and okay great that's a pretty decent uh month what do you guys do during that month is there anybody who wants to learn a new language a new tool proficiency uh maybe your fighter wants to change his uh his fighting style um which is something that i've allowed in games before you know technically they're supposed to change it when at certain like levels that they can change but you could rule it that uh yeah. if he spends a month practicing the new uh fighter maneuver then yeah he changes the maneuver um and then just roll another d20 to see the following month um and you can talk about whether um what's another one that we've done for traveling we've, we've had the books it takes so many days of studying you might get yeah um, a, one of your yep. attributes or one of your abilities uh there's and they're they're actual legit items you can find them all over the homeless sites Mm -hmm. uh, and there's also some in the DMG or the, the Dungeon Master's Guide as far as yeah. uh, Dungeons and Dragons goes. One thing I would also say, because I, I like RP so much, mm -hmm. is when you're doing months, take, take a few nights out of those months and, and do some campfire scenes. Do some, yeah. You know, let the characters interact with each other, ask about packs, and that, especially if you're, if you're making your characters come up with backgrounds. You know, if you're traveling with somebody that long, you're going to talk try to get that drag some of that stuff out during downtime yeah i think that that's a really good one because like a lot of times you know especially with um uh, highly produced uh twitch streams and and things of of like actors that are doing D, &D uh it it does tend to give kind of a sense of false expectation that it just happens so smoothly i mean you know, there's nothing wrong with with any of the the real play shows that I've seen. You know, something like Critical Role. Uh, it's just that they're so damn good at it that it seems so effortless. That you know, while they're in the middle of a combat or the middle of just a random RP scene, that the character's backstory comes out. And then, of course, that's also not to mention Matt Mercer just being amazing at dragging the backstory out of his players. But it the campfire is a real easy way to just be like hey tim what did you do before we were adventuring together and boom there's your backstory <laughs> yeah i said it could be dramatic it, it, it cannot be i mean and they can lie yeah that's the best part their background if they don't want to tell they can lie about it i mean it's there's just so many ways it can go yeah and it's why i like the rp side of things because i mean people are people things get messy and it also solidifies the connections between the characters and then it makes it a lot more painful um, when things happen to the characters for the rest of the group. 
it raises the stakes and i love that and if you're a real evil i mean good uh story weaver if you have if when you <laughs> during uh, character creation you can tell your party hey come up with real flaws for your characters you know sometimes the flaws are oh. are okay in the player's handbook or the dmg um and the all the the different classes and things that say like oh well you know because you have this background uh you could potentially have these flaws and ideals but if you come up with your own um then it can be a little bit more interesting especially if you look at um the eberron books um uh rising rising from the war i think is what it's the the subtext is but they introduce the noir theme to D D, and you can have these these flaws and these vices and things uh for your party or for your characters rather um and at a campfire if one of your flaws or your vices is blood root and you're hiding it from the rest of your party that you're addicted to this you know drug then you either potentially have a skill check challenge where they're doing sleight of hand to take the drug without being seen or a RP session or encounter where the party has to have like an intervention for the, for the character. Uh, little tiny details like that, that come out of backstory and ideals and flaws and things makes the game more immersive, more emotional. And it's not just a, a dungeon crawl slog every single session. And that, that's downtime. I mean, it could be as little or as much as you want uh, that you can leave that up to your players. You can, can do what you like with it. Uh, personally, I, I after a really intense section of a, of a campaign, I enjoy downtime. Mm-hmm. Because it lets me, especially the way I tend to do things, uh, or uh, what I really did really well in Illidan's campaign was I had so many uh, irons in the fire with different things of, of not just building a place for building a home because my character didn't have one. And mm-hmm. that was one of his things was he also wanted to build a family. And that's what I took into when I was doing it. And I, I thought of, as far as Rick was concerned, um, he succeeded in a hundredfold. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yep. it could be as intense as that or just some campfire talk. Yeah. And also, I mean, for, for you story weavers, your campaign, as much as you would love for it to be, it cannot be all drama all the time. Um, eventually, either the party will get burnt out or they'll just get desensitized to the epic you know, a dragon comes over the clearing or, you know, whatever uh, dramatized imagery you're going to use. If you just constantly batter them with it, it's, it's going to get kind of dull. Um, and so these downtimes also give your players a chance to breathe and have some quiet time. And for you music players out there, it's all in the silence. It, that's, that's what it is. It's the, that downtime that allows everything to breathe before the next dramatic thing. Otherwise there's just no emotion into it after a while. Closing thoughts, Robbie. Um, just 
utilize your downtime to the best of your ability. Um, I say that because um, downtime is an amazing thing to like include in your campaign. And also as a, as a um, story weaver, you downtime also gives you a chance to kind of refresh and reset where you want to be in your, in your campaign because it puts the creative, uh, the creative hat onto your players, how they're gonna interact with one another, what they're gonna do. And um, it gives you a chance to really assess where you are in your story. And so I really enjoy it. I can say this, story leaders, if, you, if you're really bashing your players and you just got done with like a really important part or something really dramatic happened and you have a chance to do some downtime. Don't be afraid to reward your characters a little bit. If they want to try this new business venture. If they want to try this new uh, ale. If they want to open a bar. If they want to do something like that, go ahead and let that start. It doesn't have to be anything huge. Just what started to happen. And that could be a downtime thing that they can do for a long time. It, it will get your players more interested in their characters and in what, how they do things. And it also makes it enjoyable for you too, for as a story, we're kind of neat to see your players fill up with this, this stuff they can during downtime. So, and Dylan, what about you? Um, I think that it, it, as far as downtime is concerned, um, the necessity to have it, um, you know, for the two points that you guys have said, and just having just that simple break between dungeons or even just immersing uh, your party even further into your world. Because down, like we've said, downtime doesn't just have to be the, the tool proficiency thing or the building the business thing. It could just be something where we talk about like, hey, uh, while you were gone, the town crier lets you know uh, something in the world has happened. And it just gives that, that notification to your players that the world is going to keep turning, whether they're in a dungeon or if they're doing uh, saving the world things uh, above surface and it just adds that that emotional immersive connection to things I think that that's going to be it for uh, the downtime episode if you guys don't have anything else yeah. I think that's pretty good sweet yeah, I feel pretty good All right. So guys, uh, good luck on your game sessions. Uh, let us know if you uh, utilize your downtime uh, in some of the ways that we have said, or if we miss something, let us know. Uh, we do have a now official Gmail account uh, for the podcast. This dungeon is occupied podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you guys want to email us some stories or some ideas, or even just topics that you want us to talk about later on, uh, shoot us an email. And if you guys uh, give us a story, we'll read it onto the podcast uh, and give you a little bit of a shout out as well. Um, and then of course, as always, uh, if you like this content, uh, do all the things. And if you feel like supporting us, uh, we do have a Patreon page uh, under the same name as the podcast. Uh, for as little as a dollar, you guys get access to the Discord and to some bonus content episodes. And uh, we, uh, we hope you enjoy. Check out your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied. <laughs>